Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much for downloading this week's radio show into podcast form. And before we continue, we're brought to you by BetNow.eu. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. BetNow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND, a 100% sign-up bonus. We're using them. I hope you do as well. And please do rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk soon. Rolling along on Heartland College Sports Weekly, I'm Pete Mundo, and we now welcome in Dylan Buckingham, of course, uh, KFOR. In, in Oklahoma City, also a midday host on the franchise in OKC from 9A to 12P. We appreciate a few minutes out of him. And Dylan, let's start off with the, uh, I mean, there's a lot of big news, especially in your state this week. But let's start off with the shocking news from earlier this week. The Browns fire head coach Hugh Jackson. The rumors start flying about Lincoln Riley going to Cleveland and potentially coaching up Baker Mayfield. I know Riley poo-pooed the whole thing, but he didn't shut the door on it completely in the NFL. So, Dylan, what do we make of this potentially happening? I'll say this. I I don't think it's going to happen mid-year. He really does love Oklahoma. He loves that the opportunity was placed really in his hands whenever he first got there to be the offensive coordinator. And really, they just were like, here's the keys to the, the Ferrari. Go ahead and use it. So, they gave him the head coaching job, you know, right as Bob Stoops kind of made the decision to to hang up his whistle, if you will. And he is really appreciative of Oklahoma. He does love it here. His family loves it here. They enjoy this lifestyle that they have. And he really does like recruiting. And he said at his press conference earlier this week that he's really in a situation where he likes the raw coaching factor of what he does on a day-in and day-out basis. These guys are still in a position where they want to go back and, and learn and, and still get kind of tutelaged, if you will, in that scenario. So when they go through that, you know, he enjoys that. He enjoys having the X's and O's kind of be bestowed upon his players and, and having guys that he wants to have in there. Now, does he give the NFL a chance later down the line? I would absolutely say so. I think that's something he wants to test. Bob Stoops never did that in the 19 years he was at Oklahoma. He always had chances, and Lincoln Riley will always have chances. Chris Mortensen tweeted earlier this year that, you know, 31 of 32 teams have been in contact with Riley just about his offensive creativity. And I think Riley at some point would want to try and test that out and see if it's, um, you know, something that could work well in the NFL. I know Chip Kelly didn't have as much success, but, you know, Lincoln Riley is, is a brilliant offensive mind, and what he game plans week in and week out is incredible. So I think at some point he gives it a shot. But right now I think he's just perfectly content at Oklahoma, and I think he still has goals he wants to reach at Oklahoma. Is that something, is this story something that has permeated uh, the team or the university in any way, or is it more just sports talk fodder? I would say it's probably a little, I'd say probably more sports talk fodder, honestly, because, you know, they, everyone knows, at least in this area of the country, how close Lincoln and Baker are. They are not quite father and son close, but not quite brother close either. I mean, it's ridiculous how close those two are. And they've had a lot of growing up together that they've done, at least in terms of their football lives. You look at what Baker Mayfield did once he got to Oklahoma, and same with Lincoln Riley. You know, Riley is grateful to what Baker to Baker for all he did to help him get to the next level and to help him be the head coach he is at Oklahoma. And so those two are extremely close. I would say that, you know, this is going to be a natural thing just because the Browns are going to have that opportunity to 
maybe pursue Lincoln Riley and get a guy that can get the most out of Baker Mayfield, albeit against different and harder competition. But, you know, I would say going forward, there's, there's going to be that call that's made. And if you're the Browns, you're doing your due diligence. And that's the smartest thing to go about by doing this. Dylan Buckingham's joining us, uh, KFOR and in OKC, also the franchise in Oklahoma City as well, TV and radio there. So this team now, you know, they had the loss to Texas, set them back. They've come out since the firing of Mike Stoops. In the past six quarters since halftime of that TCU game, they've given up, what, a total of 17 points, I believe it is. What are you seeing out of this defense that is uh, better or improved from Mike Stoops to Ruffin McNeil over two games? First off, it's it's really strange because there hasn't been a whole lot of difference that's been out there in terms of scheme. They've played Robert Barnes a little bit more. Um, they've thrown Dorian Turner yell out there a little bit here and there. They played three safeties at times against TCU. That was a little different. But um, Robert Barnes has really kind of emerged. And the biggest thing that we've seen out of this defense is just attitude. Really, it's Kenneth Murray says it's a brotherhood. It's the brotherhood. It's at an all-time high that they're all just trying to play for each other now and not just defensively, but offensively as well. And that's why this, this tide has turned defensively for this team. And maybe it is the fact it's a different voice. Brennan Radley-Hiles, uh, who is Buki, a lot of people know him as, yep. the freshman stud that's a five-star recruit, he tweeted after uh, Mike Stoops got fired, it's different when you're playing for the coach you love. And he was talking about Ruffin McNeil and tagged him. That tweet was up for 30 minutes, and then it was taken down. So, you know, Lincoln Riley was very, very – um, front and center and saying he just thought the defense needed a new voice. And that's what Coach Ruffin McNeil has brought, a new voice. The Sooners have simplified what they're doing defensively. They don't have as much responsibility in terms of knowing a, a broader, larger playbook. And Ruffin McNeil has done this before. He knows that this works. He did it at Texas Tech as an interim defensive coordinator and even an interim head coach at one point. And so he's, he's done this before. He knows what to do with these guys. And they've rallied around him. And it's been interesting to see because one thing I've noticed about Ruffin McNeil is the relationship he has not just with the defensive players, but the players as a whole. Before the game against uh, Kansas State this past weekend, he's walking up to Marcellia Sutton and C.D. Lamb and Trey Sermon and giving them hugs. You know, after the press conference um, that he had on Saturday against Kansas State, he started screaming, K-9, 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 where's K-9? And you're going, what's he doing? But he was calling out for Kenneth Murray, who's number nine, his linebacker. And he saw him, walked up to him, gave him a huge hug, looked at him and just said, my mini-me, which is a different stark contrast to what you've seen from Mike Stoops, who's a hard-nosed, expects a ton out of his players, can't mess up, demands perfection. It's just a different day and age in college football, I think, with how these players have uh, kind of adjusted to coaching. And when Lincoln Riley says they needed a new voice, that kind of appears to be the biggest change that this defense has had. Dylan, how does this firing of Mike Stoops, I know there was a lot of drama around it when it happened, but now three weeks after the fact, how has and how will this play out in the sense of, you know, it's a legacy family. You have the two sons of Bob who are walk-ons on the program. It was kind of a messy situation when it went down where they agreed to kind of part ways after the game on Saturday, come back Sunday. That's when Mike Stoops get let go by Lincoln Riley. What The inner workings, take us behind the scenes there and, and what is going on and if there's going to be any continued fallout from this potentially. There's, there's no more continued fallout. There was a fun uh, rumor going around that Curtis Bolton and Mike Stoops, linebacker Curtis Bolton and Mike Stoops, got into a fight mm-hmm. at halftime of the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, what I know for sure is that Curtis Bolton did lead the locker room of the Cotton Bowl. And it's a small locker room. It's, it's pretty intimate in there. I'll be completely honest with you. Now, 
if there was a fight, I, I haven't heard about it. And Mike Stoops has vehemently denied it. Curtis Bolton has vehemently denied that there was ever any kind of interaction like that. In fact, both parties have said they didn't even talk during the, uh, during the halftime. They both got their defensive checks and then called it good. But Curtis was just in a frustrated state with the way Oklahoma had been playing defensively, and rightfully so. They had, they had been getting worked up and down the field. But, you know, there won't be any big fallout. You know, and it's kind of interesting because after going to a couple of different availabilities, Oklahoma hasn't ever even said Mike Stoops' name. It's been about the change and what has happened since the change and what's different about the mindset of this team over the last few weeks. It's, it's one of those situations where they are greatly appreciative of Mike Stoops for everything he did. I mean, you got to keep in mind, he helped them win a national championship. He, he coached some incredible players, some great teams at Oklahoma. There's been nothing but respect. And Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops have nothing but respect for each other. And I, I, there's no word on if Lincoln actually consulted with Bob, but I'll tell you this. I know the two have talked. And, okay. you know, Bob is not a guy that's going to hang around the, the, the program and say, oh, you should do this and try and head coach from, you know, a press box. That's not his style. So he knows it's Lincoln Riley's team. And the fallout from this won't be anything bad. You know, it's mm-hmm. been interesting to see what the players have kind of thought of. I know Caleb Kelly is extremely close with Mike Stoops, but, you know, all those guys have kind of rallied around Ruffin, Ruffin McNeil, and it's hard not to. He's a, he's a great person to be around. And uh, the follow-up from this is just going to be that Oklahoma's defense is going to try and get better. I know mm-hmm. that's not a very juicy answer, but that's the honest-to-God truth about where this defense is at right now. Dylan Buckingham's our guest, KFOR and OKC, also the franchise on the radio, 9 to noon. Dylan, let's go to Stillwater now. A shocking win over Texas on Saturday night. I mean, they had that clunker of a game against K-State two weeks ago. Bye week, uh, homecoming, Mike Gundy, Stillwater at night. It was kind of that perfect storm and recipe for success. And, you know, they come out hot in that first quarter. They hang on for dear life at the end. You know, this has been a weird season for Mike Gundy, it feels like. You had that scuffle with the reporters and what they could and couldn't say to the players about Jalen McCleskey. But now you get a big win like this and everybody's hunky-dory. So what's going on in Stillwater? Man, if I had that answer, I would be a millionaire right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, honestly, it's really strange because I I didn't give Oklahoma State a snowball's chance in that game because I was at the Kansas State game and I saw how bad they were. Oh, they were horrible. I haven't been really – yeah, they were terrible. Offensively, they didn't have a passing touchdown. In fact, it was their worst offensive performance since – 2014 in a, in a game which is really weird considering Oklahoma State's always top 10 15 in college football offensively mm-hmm. but um, you know I haven't been as harsh on Taylor Cornelius as most people have I think he's been serviceable good enough to win games for me it's been defensively where Oklahoma State's had the biggest issues and that's where they took the biggest steps I think against Texas AJ Green has struggled at the cornerback spot this year but he kind of reminded me of his old self from a year ago when he was tied for third in the conference in interceptions so you know, he got back to a really good spot. I thought defensively, you know, the bye week was big for them. It's been strange, too, because I really didn't give Oklahoma State a chance to um, beat Texas because, really, they've been at five of their last eight games inside Boompick and Stadium and Big 12 play, they've lost, which wow. is kind of a strange stat. And they've been really good on the road. So I didn't think there was any chance for them to come out there and play as well as they did against Texas because, you know, I've seen that the, the, the crowds are dwindling just a little bit there, but – you know, it's, it was a, a really impressive performance. Taylor Cornelius played his best football game by far, didn't turn the football over. Uh, and when you have that kind of success and you're able to run the football early like Oklahoma State did, it really opens things up for Taylor Cornelius. And that's, that was the biggest thing I thought offensively that they did. They had much better success running the football, handing the football to Justice Hill much more than they have in the previous games. And uh, they put him in a good spot. And it turned out well. Now I'm intrigued to see how they 
they hit the road again to go take on Baylor. It's going to be a really interesting week. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Dylan, what do you make uh, the Big 12 in general? You know, it's it's topsy-turvy. You have three teams tied at 4-1 and one in conference play, a couple at 3-2. and two. Uh, Right now, I know it's, you know, we're getting into the first week of November here, but who do you think is ultimately going to be playing in that Big 12 championship game? Oh, if you had asked me this last week, I would have said Oklahoma and Texas. I would have been convinced it would have been Oklahoma and Texas. My biggest thing, though, is I think the letdown that West Virginia had against Iowa State kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I still think West Virginia is the second best team in the conference behind Oklahoma. I, you know, I know the Sooners lost to Texas, and it's you can bounce around and sit here and you know power rank this thing different each week. But I think it's going to be West Virginia, and I think it's going to be Oklahoma. I don't know if Iowa State's going to be able to keep this clip up. I mean, they've been great. Don't get me wrong. Taking down Texas Tech is is no easy thing, especially with the way they've been playing this year. But I think West Virginia gets it done against Texas, and that's my biggest thing. I think they'll get that wrapped up, and Texas will be a a two-loss team, and maybe we'll look and see, at least in conference play, and we'll look and see maybe next year if they can contend in that spot. But I think if you had to make me guess right now, I think Oklahoma and West Virginia do the thing and square off against each other. But who knows, maybe – West Virginia and Texas, I, I, it's just going to be such a crazy year. Uh, but I hate to say it, but I'm going to go West Virginia and Oklahoma. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a wild year. Uh, Dylan uh, joining us, Dylan Buckingham joining us, KFOR and OKC, also the franchise, 9 to noon there. When you look at this OU team, college football playoff implications, I think it's fair to say that it's basically now OU and then you can make the argument that if West Virginia runs the table, I don't think we're going to see a two-loss team like Texas uh, from the Big 12 make the college football playoff. I don't think that's ever going to happen, at least not right now. So are we? do you believe we're down to OU, West Virginia, for a chance to make the college football playoff in the conference, and that's really it? Yes. Yeah, I do. It's going to take whoever it is, whether it be West Virginia or Oklahoma, winning out. Okay. And that means – they got to take two of those teams, you know, I get like Oklahoma, for example, and West Virginia. They're playing the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And they could end up meeting, what, eight days later? Mm-hmm. So in the Big 12 championship. And whoever is in that scenario, the Big 12 could basically just cannibalize itself. And if one team wins one game and one team wins the other, I don't like the other team's chances of getting into the college football playoff at all. I think you're going to need to get some help there. Ohio State and Michigan could, in, in a sense, do that as well to each other because. You know, Michigan's been great, got the one loss to Notre Dame. I'm intrigued to see what happens there. It's going to take some of that because LSU and Alabama should iron themselves out this weekend. I, I of course, think Alabama's going to win that game. But um, when you look at what could take place, it's going to take an unbeaten season from here on out by whoever is in the Big 12 championship game to get to the college football playoff. And there could be a little bit of help that needs to, be go, that needs to go there as well. So I think it's going to take that. It's going to take an undefeated uh, season down the line the rest of the way. Well, he's Dylan Buckingham, KFOR and OKC, also the franchise, does the midday show there. Dylan, great to have you on. Really appreciate a few minutes, and uh, we'd love to do it again soon. Pete, thank you so much for your time. I, I really do appreciate it. Had fun. Well, good deal. Good stuff there with Dylan Buckingham. Appreciate his time. And once again, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And also, screenshot me the review on iTunes to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and I will, I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. It's great, and we're brought to you by BetNow.eu promo code Heartland for a 100%, 100% sign-up bonus. Check it out. Talk to you guys soon.